Welcome to the Pubcast of Dreams. Welcome to episode 99 of the United Pubcast. It's your co-host, Larry. I'm back with you. Tom, did you miss me last week, mate? Um, to be honest, not really. Oh, well, gee, that's nice. Thanks. I missed you too. Obviously, we're not here to share the affection, but what I am loving is Manchester United at the moment. Again, another 3-0 win. We've defeated Aston Villa very convincingly. Um, Tom, before we rip into the game, um, I want to just shoot some stats at you. I'm a stats guy. I like my numbers, though I don't really like maths. So, 3-0 FC. Do you remember 4-0 FC? Well, they're, they're gone, dead and buried. We're now 3-0 FC because it's the fourth game in a row. We have beaten a team by three goals. First team ever in Premier League history to do that. How insane is that? But before I get your answer, I'm going to shoot a few more at you. Manchester United are now unbeaten in 17 games. And last but not least, David De Gea surpasses Peter Schmeichel's appearance record with 399 appearances, and he marks it with a clean sheet. Thoughts? Well, first of all, that stat in regards to winning four games or four consecutive games by three or more goals, I'm shocked that that is a stat. I was thinking surely maybe one of our, maybe the treble winning team or the 0708 or even the recent Man City teams would have had that stat, so... Well, it's fantastic to have. I'm shocked that it's, um, that's a record that we have. Yeah, I mean, Manchester City is the one that comes to my mind just because, obviously, the nature in which they've blown teams away, it just it amazes me that they haven't achieved that record in the last few years under Pep Guardiola. But, again, that just proves that Oli clearly, for a PE teacher, is the best manager in the world. But, anyway, um, let's rip into the game and not waste any time. Uh, the starting eleven. No surprises, or maybe it was a surprise, but we've seen the same eleven for a few weeks now. So, what do you? What did you make of that? Did you expect some rotation, or you know, was it just per the status quo? Teams in form, so you don't change it. Well, Solskjaer has proved me and rightly proved me wrong every single week. In the last couple of weeks, I've said, okay, maybe this is the game where you can maybe drop one or two players and sort of rotate the squad a little bit. And I'll say it again at the end of the podcast for the next game. I still believe in that. However, winning games and Solskjaer is getting it right. And I think what's helping him is he's playing this strong team, but he's been able to then take them off after an hour. So he is getting some type of rotation in there. So as long as that continues and the fine form continues, he's well within his right to continue playing the um, strongest 11 and a droop and a reward. So fair play to him. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I... I was a little bit split. The only one that concerns me is Matic, just, you know, naturally because of his age. And we all remember his form post-World Cup. And he's the one I think just needs to be managed carefully. But we've got the game, uh, I think it's Sunday morning for us. Uh, No, sorry, Tuesday for us. But then there's another game a few days later. So I don't think that streak of starting 11s will continue. But let's let's go into the game. Um, United did start a little bit slow. Um... Aston Villa looked like they were kind of getting momentum initially. Jack Grealish had a wonderful opportunity, and that would have been some strike if he got that volley. Um, what did you think, uh, before we rip into United's goals, what did you make of Jack Grealish? Obviously linked with United a lot um, around coming or not to Old Trafford. Um, did, did you think he played well, or did the game just sort of pass him by? Um, I don't think it passed him by. I think he was definitely their best player, and I'd say he's be- he was their best player, even with the fact that I think Solskjaer definitely sort of targeted him. Every time he got the ball, we were quite close to him, or there were, I wouldn't say doubling up on him, but we were sort of really close in terms of cutting off his passings lanes. And Solskjaer did touch on it before the match, that he's obviously a key player and that he's aware of the rumours. 
So I think you could definitely tell Grealish has quality about him, and I think he was their best player without being fantastic. Like when you lose 3 0, it doesn't matter how good you play, you're always going to look inferior to the opposition. I think he was probably at fault for Pogba's goal. He could get out a little bit quicker, but who knows? He might have been trying to get Pogba some confidence for when he joins him next season. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Does Jack Grealish wear shin pads? I know he wears his socks dead low, mate. I'm actually concerned. I'm, I'm wondering, is anyone checking if there's some padding under those socks? Well, he's one of those players. It's a very Argentinian thing to do. So um, it's amazing that he doesn't really get kicked on the shins. You think if, if I was up against a team uh, player like that, it'd almost be the first thing you do in the first five minutes. You'd catch him a little bit higher to make sure he's thinking and he'd make sure he pulls his socks up. Yeah, oh, well, pun intended there. But um, I'll tell you, the amount of time he puts on his hair, I've got to give him credit, is rocking a good do there. Um, but anyway, let's crack on with the game. Um, United obviously broke that early surge from Aston Villa with a controversial penalty awarded to Bruno Fernandes, who puts it away. Um, what did you make of the penalty? Obviously, VAR looked at it personally. Oh, look, take the unbiased hat off or the red goggles off. Um, I, I thought it was very harsh on Aston Villa. Look, yes, it's harsh. Now, on the cold light of day, it's not a penalty. However, take VAR out of the whole situation and you probably say it is a penalty because if that situation happens, you get one look at it and it's on halfway. Is it a foul to United? Of course it is. It's a foul by the Aston Villa player. United get a free kick on halfway. But as soon as it's in the box and we look at slow motion replays from every angle, we're looking at ways to not give it. However, yes, Bruno stands on his foot or Bruno stands on the Aston Villa defender's ankle. But the guy puts his ankle there. Bruno's in control of the ball and he's impeded him. So Bruno is then for stepping on him. And I'm not, again, it's not a clear penalty. However, I'm clear that if that's on halfway, it's a foul to United. Where I will defend uh, VAR here is they're only meant to overturn the decision if it's you know, basically without doubt that it was the wrong call. I think there was enough doubt there that they couldn't overturn the decision. So from that perspective, they followed due process. But look, like I said, I don't think it was a penalty. I'm definitely not complaining, though. Um, it sets the catalyst for Manchester United to win. And let's go on to the next goal because I'm full of praise for this goal scorer, Tom. Mason Greenwood, um, obviously, again, a brilliant finish. He had Tyrone Mings all over the shop. He shoots early. It's his 16th goal of the season for the 18-year-old. Seriously, how good was the goal? And off that, how good was his performance? Well, again, like I said to Josh on the last podcast, I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't make this case, but someone could easily do it. You could make the case that Greenwood's our best player. Like in, just, in terms of what he does, could Marshall do that? Could Rashford do that? Possibly. But you expect it with Mason Greenwood. He does it every single week, and it's definitely not a surprise. Seen on Twitter, it's a little bit of a joke in terms of the Mbappe comparison. However, I think it's got to the stage where you, you have to compare them. In terms of ability, I'd say Greenwood would play a better player than Mbappe. Mbappe. I'm not taking anything away from what Mbappe has achieved. But he, he's done it in the Champions League. He's won a World Cup. He's fantastic. But he's doing it in the French League. And I, I'll compare Mbappe more to sort of Marcus Rashford in terms of his physical attributes and the way he plays the game. He, he's almost like a an overpowered Rashford. Like, you know, you get those little cards on FIFA where you can boost your player. And Mbappe <laughs> yeah. is almost like that with Rashford. However, Greenwood's just got the stats where Greenwood is just that much better. Into, he has everything. And he's starting to bulk up, which he'll only improve with. And look, like I said, I don't think he's our best player, but you could definitely make a case for it because where would we be in the last couple of games without him? Well, what's he got, 16 goals this season now? 
Yeah, 16 goals, and what's very impressive, maybe not our best player, but what he absolutely is, is our best finisher. He's scoring one in three goals, statistically. Now, that's talking like, you know, um, shots um, sh- shots per ratio, a uh, shots-goal ratio. Like, that's an unreal return. Um, I think I was listening to Stephen Housen earlier, um, and he was saying that with his right foot, he's something like 25%. Like that is really, really high. Like that that's a that's good return. That's something you expect from Robert Lewandowski, Lionel Messi. That's a higher goal return or in terms of accuracy than Cristiano Ronaldo. Now I'm I'm not saying obviously he's better than Ronaldo, but what I'm saying is he can finish and as his game gets more well rounded as you touch on, he's gonna be some player. I wanna ask you, touching on that point, where will be well, one, where does he play next season? Because obviously he's playing off the right. We still expect to get Sancho. Do you think that will be his best position going forward? Or do you very much still remain convinced he does have a future as a number nine? I think any time of a tackle like that, you always envisage a future of him being a striker. I remember when Martial came in, he, he came through as a forward. Then when things weren't quite going his way, he's out on the left-hand side. And he's that hybrid of, is he a striker, is he a left winger? Obviously now, as he's maturing, we've seen him maybe potentially be more of a centre-forward. I think that might happen with Greenwood. But I think in a team like this, hopefully we're attacking, especially if you add Sancho, if you add Grealish, if you keep Pogba and Bruno, next season will always be on the front foot. And if you look at Liverpool, the best team in the country, they're so fluid in terms of their front three. I think our front three can be that. So whether he's on the right-hand side or the left-hand side, I don't think it really bothers. If, if we're going to be dominating games... I don't really care about positions in terms of if we're going to be attacking, only only quality like that will help. I mean, when I think of what you've just touched on, I always think of when were United at their attacking premium in the last 20 years or so. And you'd have to say it was the year we won the Champions League. Um, now, when I t- if I said to you, when you think of Cristiano Ronaldo, 42 goals that season, where do you think of him playing? Because actually, he played majority of the season on the right wing, but in the Champions League, he played up through the middle. But there was that rotation between Rooney, Tevez, and uh, Ronaldo, where they just switched and swapped between who was central, who was left, who was right. And I'd really like to see United get that fluidity. You're already seeing it with uh, Rashford and Greenwood. I don't know if you've noticed this. In the last few games, they tend to switch during the game, um, going left to right. So, um, look, I'm with you. I just think... We just need to make sure he keeps getting more and more football, but it's fantastic to see him really kicking on. Well, How many want... goals do you think he finishes with, actually? Well, I remember last week I sort of scoffed at the idea of him hitting 20 goals, and now he's on 16, but I was just having a look at the fixtures, and I was just speaking to a few guys on Twitter, and I was saying, we've got Lask in a few weeks in the Europa League. Stuff the 20 goals. If you're playing through the middle against Lask, he could finish on 25. <laughs> well, we'll wait and see on that one. Um, let's move back to the first goal scorer a little bit. Um, and kind of tie it in with Paul Pogba, who wrapped up the goals for United. Um, you've touched on it earlier. Grealish didn't really shut him down. A nice set piece where Pogba looks like he's about to go off for a cigarette, but he's just suddenly turned around and decided to score a goal. Very Paul Scholes-esque, that finish. But um, Paul's obviously playing in a more reserved role, uh, for a lack of better term. He's sitting deeper, and that's accommodating Bruno to be more creative. Do you think this is Pogba's perhaps best position? Because if I'm being honest... I don't think I've I've seen him do more brilliant things for United, but I definitely don't think I've seen him put this many consistent performances back to back. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's playing deeper. I think in terms of the way he's playing, it might look like he's playing deeper, but I think he's definitely getting forward with I think maybe Bruno's playing so advanced. 
and you just in your mind you think, okay, Bruno's forward, that means Pogba's deep. But I think all of us sort of really deep down do see Paul Pogba as a number eight. And I think that is where he's playing. But in terms of the attribute, in terms of the style of play he's playing, he's almost got that sort of quarterback role. And it's, but I think it's suiting him down to the ground, especially with the the two people, one in front and one behind in Matic and Bruno. The thing I really like about Pogba's game, um, particularly since he's returned, is the simplicity. I don't know if you're noticing this, but we're not seeing as many stepovers. We're not seeing him dying to beat a man every time. He's looking up and he's thinking, what's the best option? He's almost thinking pass before run. Now, he's a lethal ball runner, but I like that he's thinking about it because we saw it today, the ball out to shore. Um, I think there was another one. I can't recall who it was too, but his ball selection and the accuracy in which he flings those balls, it, it's brilliant to watch. Um, I just want to sort of stay on Pogba a little bit. He made some interesting comments after the game and credit to, I think, was a Sky that they tried to ask him if he was going to stay. And of course, he dodged the question like a true pro, but... Um, something they, they brought up the statistics obviously around our goals and our unbeaten run. He then returned re- uh, response with, "Well, we're Manchester United. We're expected to win titles, and we haven't won the title this year, so we failed." That's an elitist mentality, and just I look at the comments he's saying. I look at what Ollie's saying. Do you think there's been a shift in culture at United? I mean, staying on that, we saw Martial come off he looked filthy and I've generally people say with Martial he doesn't look interested no that was a man who wanted to stay on and score goals is there a culture shift at United do you think Oli's instilling that winning mentality because there's something about those comments and though the behavior of a few of those players where I'm starting to think we could start to really see United ramp it up here I don't think so much in terms of winning mentality but I think from the moment Solskjaer walked through the door and Mourinho left there was a culture change then I don't think all, all the players are winners deep down. That's how they get into professional football. But I think the culture change happened the moment Solskjaer walked through the door in terms of who was first out, Marouane Fellaini after a few weeks. And, and we've both complimented Fellaini on this podcast. He did very well for United considering his ability. But would you, if you're having a conversation, would you say Marouane Fellaini's a Man United player? You'd say no. He was almost first out the door. Lukaku, not a Man United player, almost out the door. Sanchez was everything wrong with the last five years straight out the door. So I think it's not even a question. There definitely has been a culture shift. Yeah, I mean, he definitely gotten rid of all the players who had stigmas surrounded by them. Um, look, I, I personally, I'm just, I'm seeing a good shift here. I don't want to, I don't want to put too much smoke where there might not be one, but I'm just looking at the comments that, so someone, even again in the press, um, post-game, um, it was asked to Oli. Um, you know, you've obviously broken this record um, where you've beaten teams by th- three goals on four four games in a row. And he said, we should have scored five more. So um, I like that at least he's holding the players to a very high account. Um, I just want to touch on Luke Shaw. Um, obviously, we haven't been super kind to him the last few weeks, but I thought he was a lot better today. He definitely got into the box a lot more. Um, yeah, I know before you bring up how cranky I was, I did actually think he had a good game. Was that much improved from Shaw? Like, how did you see it? I wouldn't say so much improved. I think it was just a good Luke Shaw performance. However, even with that good Luke Shaw performance, there's still more in me which just is sort of hesitant to praise him too much because it could have been so much more. And he's a little bit hard done by. Like, he could have had a few assists. He played a perfect cross for Bruno, who really should score from his header. 
So if you look at that, you should have two or, two or three assists and suddenly he's a man of the match. I just think when he gets into that area, it's almost... He has all the attributes, all the tools are there for him to go and unlock, unlock the game, unlock the defence. But he just sometimes chooses the easy option. And again, he's doing nothing wrong. I just feel he could do a little bit more. But in terms of his overall performance, and you just have to look, he's part of a clean sheet, he's part of a winning team, and a, a pivotal role of the way we go forward. Um, I think he's doing fantastic. So um, I, I definitely demand more from him, but I can't really criticise him too much. I'm with you. He, he's building, though. I think th- as every game has gone on, he's starting to get more advanced, starting to bust a lung a bit more to get to the byline. Let's just hope that that form continues, and as you say, let's hope he takes more risk. Um, by the way, talking about the defenders, I'm sorry, I, I couldn't let him get away with this, but uh, Juan Basaka, wonderful clearing header. Um, it's, the only problem is he was actually meant to put this one in the back of the net. Boy, he should have scored that cross from Rashford, shouldn't he? Yeah, 100%. I think almost like that was short in terms of Rashford so hard done by. His performance was a little bit up in the air. Some people thought he was great, some people thought he was poor. However, if that Juan Basaka scores that so-called tap-in... Rashford's got a fantastic assist and suddenly your opinion on his performance changes. And as soon as Wan-Bissaka found himself there, I was so happy. That he's, I was waiting for so many weeks for him to grab a goal. And it looked like he was going to do it, but unfortunately I don't think finishing is um, one of his stronger points. Yeah, he'll get there. Um, touching on your point to Rashford, maybe we'll touch on it in, in the next podcast or so, but there's definitely been a change to the way he's played. I don't know if you've noticed this, but he seems to be looking for a pass a lot more rather than running at defenders. I think that's clearly instruction. It seems to me that Oli ha- seems to say, you know, I want Rashford, and, sorry, Martial and Greenwood to score the goals, whereas my, uh, Rashford seems to be more of the supplier. Um, but we'll definitely something to chat about in the coming weeks. Speaking of performances, Tom, the favourite part of this podcast for me, at least, three two ones. Um, who was your man of the match? Look, I know we're likely going to disagree on this, but for me, look, I said it last week, it's very good we can go into a part of this podcast and you can debate whether four or five players who was man of the match, where in previous seasons it was okay with full-time, David De Gea was man of the match. So it's a good problem to have this. I thought Paul Pogba, though. And not not just for his goal, I was very glad he got on the score sheet finally. I think it was well-deserved. But I just think he just controlled that game and whatever he wanted to do, he did, and he just dictated it for the full 90 minutes. Maybe not that first 20 minutes, but once he got going, I just thought it set the platform for the whole team. I thought Pogba was good, but I don't think he was man of the match. I mean, we're talking about Mason Greenwood, obviously scored a good goal and linked up play. You know who I thought was fantastic and deserves the three points? And you might not agree with me, so we'll need to figure something out. But I thought Anthony Martial was unbelievable today. The graft he put in, um, tackling people... His his link up play that is the best I've seen him. Like he if he didn't if that goal the one where he hit the uh, he hit the woodwork, mate. If he got that in, I'm telling you that would have been the most complete Martial performance I've seen, and that's including the hat trick he scored the other week. He was fantastic today. Every ball linking up with everyone. I I don't recall him losing possession besides the first five seconds. I thought it was fantastic. Well, that, well, that's the thing. In terms of his performance, as you say, it was complete. He had everything in terms of... It was almost Solskjaer's ideal, in, in the way I envisage what Solskjaer wants from a striker. That was almost perfection in terms of what he wants. However, part of being a complete performance for a striker is score that goal. And it was a fantastic move and fantastic shot. I think it hit the post twice. I think it hit the crossbar and the post. Um, so he's very unlucky. But I think that's part of a complete performance. It definitely... It was almost 10 out of 10 performance if that goes in. But obviously part of the striker 
his duty is to score the goals, and unfortunately he didn't today. But in ter- as you say, in terms of his performance, he was very good. I just seen the way in terms of Pogba dictated the play, it enabled us to get forward, enabled us to get the ball to Martial's feet and, and get runners off him. But I don't know. I don't want to upset you. Maybe Martial. Maybe I'm a little bit harsh on him. Look, I thought Pogba was fantastic, but like I said, I just thought Martial was a major part of linking all the attack together. Maybe Bruno doesn't get the space if Martial's movement isn't there. Maybe Greenwood definitely doesn't get the space because Martial was part of that build-up. I just look at it like from that perspective. Yes, Pogba was fantastic, but I almost expect that from Pogba. I think we should give Martial the three points because he's putting in the graph that you never thought he would, Tom. And for that, you deserve. he deserves your three points. Okay, we'll go with Martial for three, Pogba for two. I love it. Yep. So, number one, there can only be one person who left, surely. Well, it's definitely Greenwood, but I think, I think Bruno played well. I think, he, again, a little bit wasteful with the ball, but again, he's proved the difference, or not the difference everyone sort of performed recently. But since he's come in, it's the reason we're playing so well. It's, it's almost a catalyst change. I don't want to compare it to Eric Cantona, but I think in five years we look back at very well, hopefully, be that case. So, I think Greenwood definitely gets it, but um, just a little bit of a shout out to Bruno, I thought did very well. We can compare him to Cantona. I think there's um, some statistics came out around you know most goal contributions when first joining United and uh, Bruno's overtaken Cantona. I think he's got he's now got. Uh, well, did he get an assist today, Bruno? I know he scored the goal, obviously. Um, but, uh, yeah, the goal for Pogba, the corner. Yeah, yeah. So a goal and assist. I believe that actually takes him to. Well, yeah, he's beyond Van Persie's um, contribution, who was at the top of that list. So well, he Bruno hasn't, he is hasn't lost in a red shirt. Oh, geez. Well, well, I should have chucked that in my stats at the start. That's going to come to an end, but I just hope it's not before this season concludes. Um, anyway, Tom, I'll give it to you to go through our loyal listeners' comments on social media. No, beautiful. Okay, there was Facebook comments today. Um, Dan Yu said edgy first period, looked easy after the first goal. His three tier ones were Pogba, Greenwood and Bruno. So Dan Yu doesn't agree with Larry, no Martial. Um, actually, I don't think anyone put Martial in their th- three tier ones. We'll go through them though. Um, George said, in my opinion, the most underrated performance today was Martial's back to play, um, back to goal play. It was exceptional. It was that which helped us get a stranglehold on the game when Villa was still in and Greenwood done score his goal without Martial's tenacity. Uh, he's gone three points for Pogba, two for Bruno, and Greenwood for one. So after all that praising of Martial, George, he doesn't give him any points. Um, Adam from the Supporters <laughs> Club, I see a lot of people comparing Mason Greenwood to Federico Makeda on Twitter. They've got to be taking the piss. Um, I don't know who you're following, Adam, but I'll definitely be blocking them, um, comparing Makeda to Greenwood. And Robert, with the last comment, saying, started sloppy today until the penalty, which was a terrible call. The Mason goal and the lead-up was great. Second half, some great football, and it was great seeing Pogba get his goal. Another big points, and right on Leicester's ass now. Three points goes to no one today. Two points for Mason and Bruno. One point to Pogba, who I thought was really good today. So he couldn't de- couldn't decide on a, um, a man of the match. So I think we'll just put the three points for Martial there, in terms of Robert, to fill a gap there. But um, thank you, everyone, for getting involved with Facebook comments and Twitter. It's, um, it's very good at the moment. I think with all the positivity, all the pages are very active, which is good. Yep, as always, thank you for your comments. I mean, I like to think we're fairly sensible for two Aussies who like to chill at the pub. We don't act aggressive or drunk. We're like happy drunks here. Like, even when things are bad, we just put a happy spin on it, right? 
Well, two things. I don't know what made me think. I just saw the De Gea's name pop up. Just in Marsh, um, sorry, Greenwood's goal. Just I want to defend De Gea if that makes sense. Fantastic strike. We're all sitting here going, how good's Marsha, um, how good's Greenwood, sorry, Ballon d'Or, fantastic, can use right foot, left foot. However, a couple of weeks ago, if that's De Gea and it goes past his near post, we're blaming De Gea for a goalkeeping mistake. It's obviously gone, it's flown past Rainer's near post. But I just think, but we're only praising Greenwood. So I think when we go and look at De Gea's goals that he's let in, I think that's a perfect evidence where we need to flip the coin and see both sides of it and sort of get off De Gea's case. Because I was just seeing there that he's obviously broken Peter Schmeichel's goal um, appearance record. I just, yeah, I was just a little bit pissed off with all the sort of hate De Gea's getting lately. I don't think he deserves hate, but I think he's set himself such a high standard that it's only natural that fans, when he no longer is performing to that high standard, that they question, you know, why isn't he playing that well? He hasn't been awful. Um, but look, the statistics don't lie, Tom. He's, he's has led in, I think he's equal second in the Premier League for errors leading to goals. So it is something he does need to address. But... I do think he's been better the last few weeks. And to be honest, Pepperina shit. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's move on to Southampton. Uh, did you like that transition, by the way? I thought that was quite smooth. Very professional. Thank you very much. Um, we're versing Southampton. Um, now, they're actually in decent form. So they've had a draw against Everton today. Um, they've beaten Watford. And prior to that, they did lose to Arsenal. They beat Man City on the weekend. Oh, they did too. Well, there you go. I stand corrected. My eyes are moving too fast. I've been awake since 5am, Tom. Have Give me a break. Um, but no, you're right. They, they are playing very well. Um, yeah, it's a mixed form, but it's fairly it's fairly promising. It won't be an easy game for United. Um, what do you think Oli will do? Do we expect that rotation that we touched on, or do you think it's just per status quo, uh, you just roll with the strongest 11 you have? Look, I say this before every preview. I say it's probably a chance to maybe rest one or two, um, whether that be Matic, whether that be Bruno. However, if the evidence we have, Oli's going to go full strength. And in terms of the way we're performing, he's probably right to do so. So I would maybe rest one or two, whether that be maybe Williams in for sure or maybe Fred in for Matic. But um, I think Oli will go full strength, and who am I to argue? Yeah, the ones I could see is I could definitely make a case for Matic coming out. Maybe McTominay. I think he, he hasn't really played a lot of football um, besides the Norwich game. So, yeah, he's one I could definitely see coming in. Uh, you can't rest Bruno, can you? He's just... Yeah, no, I don't want to rest him. I just think we've got... Because remember, we've still got potential FA Cup and then we've almost got a mini-season of Europa League. So, I just... I don't want to burn him out. I just think... Well, look, we're not playing Liverpool or City away. It's Southampton at home. It's a team we should be sort of beating comfortably. All right. I'm just going to smash um, the games we have left at, uh, because there's really not that many left now. We've got Southampton, uh, Crystal Palace, so they're both next week. Then we've got Chelsea uh, a week, uh, about 10 days away um, in the FA Cup. Then we've got West Ham and Leicester. So there's not a lot of games left, but they are going to be coming thick and fast. And there's not a lot of break from the Southampton game onwards, really. Um, so, look, I think in most of those, he goes with his strongest 11. And we'll come to it, but I guess I want to quickly ask you, the FA Cup, um, obviously we've got Chelsea there. Do you think he goes full strength? Because obviously we're so close to top four now. How crucial is that? And do you think he will go for the FA Cup with his strongest possible side? Well, it's weird. A lot of people probably disagree with me. I want him to go full strength in it because I want to win the FA Cup. A lot of people say it's not important. I've always wanted to win the FA Cup. 
And I think Solskjaer definitely wants to go full strength. However, if there is going to be a rotation, it probably is this game. And not only that, I think Chelsea and Lampard will probably do the same thing. So I think both teams will almost sort of have a gentleman's agreement before the game to rest a few players. We'll see about that one. But we will put the beers down and we will end the podcast there. Again, thank you so much to our listeners. It's been great to be back again with you, Tom. Um, I always remind our listeners of this, but if you are holding your phone, and you probably are, just pick it up. Give us a five-star review if you're on iTunes or on Spotify. You know, Give us a like, subscribe. Stay tuned with us because the more people in the pub, the better. Of course, we are maintaining social distancing. Tom, as always, thank you so much for joining us, mate, and we will chat after the Southampton game, hopefully talking about another win. Uh, A pleasure. Thanks, mate. Cheers.